High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Garrett, Youth Pastor at High Praise Panama City. I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. No matter if you just missed a service or if you happen to stumble across our show, we believe and we pray that God is going to bless you through today's episode. So open up your hearts, receive what God has in store for you. Um, so we are starting a new series called The Table. Everyone say The Table. The Table. It's Thanksgiving season, not Christmas season. Amen. Yeah, Thanksgiving months. <laughs> it's still fall. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I want to just give some, I want to speak some wisdom into this weird cultural thing we have going on. And it happens, especially to Floridians. There's this thing called fall. Okay. It's a season. Some people call it autumn. And what happens in like 90% of the country is it gets cool, like 60 degrees, maybe sometimes 50, and all the leaves change, okay? And leaves are the things that are on trees, okay? Yeah, not the palm leaves, not your pine needles. There are these little magical, it's like grass, but bigger, and they're in cool shapes, and they're usually green. But in the fall, especially like late October and all of November, they change color. Some of them change orange. Some of them are purple. Some of them are brown. Yeah, there are purple leaves. Some of them are red. It's nuts. And it's beautiful. And it's a huge deal everywhere else but this place. In, in fall, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And it's cool. And it's wonderful. Christmas comes after Thanksgiving in December. In the winter time, then it has its time there. So during this month, regardless of how weird this state is, we are in the month of fall and Thanksgiving. And so we are going to, for the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about this concept of the table. So here's what I need you to do, okay? I need you to imagine, everyone close your eyes so I can check the score. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but not really. Hey, <laughs> check, huh? Yeah, it's live streaming up here. I have no notes. <laughs> just kidding. It's never because someone's gonna go tell their mom. Pastor Gary's watching the game. <laughs> it's not up. I committed. <sighs> um. Again, what was I say? Everyone, close your eyes. Now, I want. I want you to imagine a big old, whatever table you want it to look like. It can be a glass table, it can be a wood table, it can be a metal table. It can be a table made of tacos, I don't care. It can be a taco shell table. <coughs> you just imagine, your, if you could make a perfect table, that's what, that's what it is, okay? Now, fill that table with the most perfect meal you can imagine. Probably fried chicken. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else y'all like. I've been really digging uh, some Asian food lately. Um, if you've not been to Royal Thai, I'm just going to plug Royal Thai real quick. It's fantastic. Um, now, everywhere's got roaches. It's Florida. That meow meow chicken is good. All right, now, we're not done. So you have your table. You have your food. And now I want you to fill it with the most important people in your life. You can place me anywhere around the table. It doesn't matter where. I'll sit wherever. 
Just kidding. All right, everyone got it? All right, wonderful. Now I can preach. <coughs> so tonight especially, um, we're going to talk about your life and what you are spiritually intaking, okay? This is something um, It's kind of been... I, I, I hate to use the word like heavy on my heart because it's like a Christian phrase, but it hasn't been heavy on my heart. Um, just something I've thought about a whole, whole lot. I genuinely, and I can confidently say this, I don't think there's ever been a time, um, and I can say this next year and the year after because I think it's only going to get worse. There's not been a time to date where false teaching has been more prevalent than it is today. And there is so much bad teaching on the Lord, and it is so easily accessible. I mean, to be honest, I mean, this isn't really even debatable. It is far more uh, accessible for your generation to access TikTok preachers and Instagram preachers and reels of sermons and people and theologians and herka derka berka, all these people who have a Bible in a bookshelf in the background who want to talk about God, than it is for people to like to actually um, be fed something of substance, right? And so I want to discuss and really kind of encourage you guys, because everyone here, uh, to be honest, everyone here is no longer really a child, okay? So you're not, like, I don't say this mean, so please don't take this like derogatory. You're not in kids' church anymore, Okay? Where you're in, you're in YTH, all right? You're in the big kid church. But so here's something that has got to happen. I don't care if you're in fifth grade. I don't care if you're a senior in high school. I don't care if you're 22. It does not matter. Something that absolutely must happen in your Christian walk is graduating from being, um, being basically fed to being able to feed yourself. Um, Beck, can you bring Maddie up here for me? Where's MJ? Oh, there she is. She's on the opposite side of the room. <clears throat> so I want you guys, this is the easiest visual um, that I can give in a sermon. She's on her way. Hey, baby. Everyone say, hey, MJ. Hey. Say, hi. <laughs> so this is baby number three in our house. Can I go? You, can, you can stay. I'm not going to keep her long. Um, was it saying? So this is Madeline. Madeline, um, Madeline is fed by milk. Okay, I'm gonna put this real delicately to you. She is fed when someone feeds her, right? She cannot feed herself. Understand? She cannot go and make a bottle. She cannot go and access it the other way. She is very much dependent. Upon someone, three of you got that. <laughs> she is very much dependent upon us feeding her, right? She would not survive if not for me and Becca, mostly Becca. You understand? Y'all get what I'm saying? <clears throat> I can put it in a bottle. Um, this is one of the most adorable and like cutest phases of life. And everyone like loses their minds over babies, and we're like, oh my God, they're just so sweet and so cute. But imagine for a moment that you still dressed like this and wore a diaper and only fed when mommy gave you a bottle. 
it would be weird and creepy, and you would not have a lot of friends, correct? <laughs> Can we all agree that if you were a man, baby, woman, baby, at your point in life, you would have a hard life? Oh, did you spit up? No. It's just drool. It's fine. It's just spit. You all do it. Okay, so we understand that it's cute here. It is adorable now. And it's expected here. But guys, spiritually, the exact same thing happens. Only we never move on from being the baby. And we're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and so forth. Babies. And even though we've grown physically, spiritually, we still have the same habits as maybe when we were first saved. And so if we did that in the natural, you'd be on, you'd, they'd, they'd make a documentary about you, <laughs> right? Like those kind of people get put on like, I don't even, yeah, My Strange Addiction and like the other, the other weird shows out there, like Netflix would be talking about the 16-year-old in the diaper at Mosley High School. <laughs> I want you guys, as we go through this scripture here in just a minute, I want y'all to genuinely think about how ridiculous it, it is for us to do that in the spiritual sense. Okay, go to Hebrews chapter 5. <coughs> Sorry. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14 says this. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk. Not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since they are a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. I'm going to read it to you one more time. For, for though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk. Listen to that. I want you to really remember this part. He says, everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. The writer of Hebrews is basically saying to these people, by now, you should be able to be teaching the word. You should be able to be teaching the basic principles of the Lord to others, but you're not. And so they're kind of being rebuked. It's kind of like, hey, grow up. You're still being milk fed. And by now, you guys should be training and feeding other people. So the writer says this. It says, <coughs> sorry, um, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles. Do you know why so many youth ministries do nothing but teach the basic principles? This reason right here, because there's never a graduation from being someone feeding to being able to feed yourself. This is why, like sometimes, even I have said this throughout my time. I might have even said this in the past year. Like, hey, we're just gonna, we're gonna get back to basics for a little bit. I, we're going to do, you know, we, we got cute series names for them, but really it's kind of like a reset of like, hey, you guys are not, you guys are not spiritually doing well, right? So if I ever come in here on a Wednesday night and I'm like, hey guys, we're doing a series called Back to Basics, it's because I don't think we're doing well. 
if, if I, as a, as a youth pastor, have to do a yearly series or teaching on the basic principles of the Lord to you guys, that's not a great indicator. It's simply not. Now, do we need refreshers every now and then? Does it need to be brought up? Absolutely. But man, if we cannot go into the, the more mature things of Christ and we have to constantly be reminded, like, hey, God is love and not hate, right? Like the, the basic elementary principles of the Lord, if we cannot move past that, it's not because you're not listening to the teaching. It's simply you're only getting it because we're feeding it to you. If everyone in here spiritually fed themselves, we, we, I'd do a series on the end times, I promise. But how could, how, how could we spend time doing, going into other things if we have not, if, if the only time you're being fed spiritually, I've, we've got to make sure that you're at least getting the basics, right? You understand what I'm saying? In this, laptop keeps going to sleep on me. <coughs> For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word. Everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word, hey, baby. Ah, tell them. Madeline has um, about three skills, and it is um, sleeping, pooping, and eating. And she smiles, and she's learning to hold her head up, and right now that's cute. But again, if that is all she could do at the age of 15, I'm a bad parent and something's wrong with her. <laughs> and so at the age of 16, if all you can do is know that God is love and he died for you, and that's it, I'm a bad pastor and something's wrong with you. It, it's that simple. You guys, we have, I, I so, like this let, we are drawing the line in the sand essentially right now. And I want to say this to you as nicely as we can. We are going from milk to solid food. We've got to, you in your life, hear me, because I say this like we, but this sermon, this whole message is not about what we can do as a ministry. This entire message is about what you do in your personal life. Like I cannot do, literally nothing about this service is like, Man, I'm going to be better about this. Your leaders are going to be better about this. There's, this is 100% on you. The responsibility to go from milk to solid food is not on me. It's not on your youth leaders. It's not on Pastor Joshua. It's not on this church. It is on you. Tell him. When Jackson you know, and Millie, and when Maddie reaches a year old, they start, she'll start eating you know, mush. She'll start eating like blended up. We used to, you remember, I don't know where, I'm going to say it anyway. Do you remember we bought that blender and we tried to make our own baby food and it lasted about a day? Awful. That was with Jackson. I just had this weird memory pop up of like spending all this money on this like baby mix or food thing and it was awful. And then Millie just came along and yeah, ate everything. Um, anyway, those that are... For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word. So what does that mean for you and me? That means I need, you need to be skilled in the word, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to turn this into a, hey, re a read your Bible message, but really this is kind of a read your Bible message. And most people don't read their Bibles because they want the Bible read to them. I read books to my kids because they're kids. And it's okay right now because Jackson's learning to read. If 
I have to read to you. You see where it's weird? You see where the childlike behavior still exists? Everyone, you okay? It's all right. We, and hear me, you should come to church and get the word. Please don't ever attend a church where you're not getting scripture. Okay, that should be your biggest red flag, like ever. And anyway, I got to stay like hyper-focused tonight because I could rabbit trail hard in this message. If you yourself, like Jesus says this in Matthew 4, 4. He, you know, it's the, it's the time that Jesus is being tempted by Satan right after his fast in the desert. Uh, Satan tempts him. He's like, turn that rock into bread. And I've preached on that before. Y'all remember that message, temptation, all that stuff. And he's like, turn that stone into bread because you're hungry. And Jesus responds to him and he says, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, basically rebuking Satan, but also being like, I don't have to have that. Anyway, I can't go into that. Um, you are not designed to live on bread alone. You are a person, so you do need bread. Please don't stop eating. But you are also a spirit and a soul. And so many of you, so many of you don't feed yourself spiritually. And so you're so weak spiritually, and you're like, I don't know why I struggle with the same stuff, man. It's like, because you look like you've been in a POW camp for five years and you're barely breathing spiritually and you're wondering why you can't throw the boulder over your head. You ever see Unbroken? You know that movie? POW guy picks up the log and he's like, oh, throw it. It's a great movie. But I want you guys to just understand some of the elementary things I'm trying to get across to you. You have got to make it a point to start feeding yourself spiritually. What do you do when you're hungry? Eat. Four of you do that. Wonderful. The rest of you need to, like, figure out to do that. Yeah, food's wonderful. Nothing. Food's great. It's Thanksgiving time. <laughs> Whenever you are spiritually hungry, most of you don't do anything. In fact, most of you, whenever your spirit is starving, you do dumb stuff. I mean, genuinely, this is like one of the most, one of the most common things that we've seen, I've seen, Becca's seen, probably other people in this room have seen. It's like, well, I just really feel like, blah, blah, I'm really struggling with this, this, and this. And your soul and your spirit is crying out for something. It's like, so I, I hit up this old friend, or I redownloaded Snapchat. I did this, and I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? Because your spirit and your soul, once you become saved, it comes alive, and it needs to be fed. It needs to be nourished. And if you, like, you, I know you've heard me say this before, you don't eat once a week physically, or twice a week, or once a month. You know me? You don't do that. No one would even want to live that way, but so many of us were like, I'm going to go after God. It'd be like me going, like, uh, like I, Patrick, at what point, I remember, I mean, man, I've known you for at least five, six years. <coughs> there was, came a point in high school, I remember the day Patrick came to me in youth and was like, I'm going to start going to the gym, I'm going to get into bodybuilding, right? You remember this? I remember this. I remember, we were right by the sound booth, I remember the exact moment. Patrick, oh, it didn't always look like that, okay? He didn't. He was normal once. <laughs> But I remember when Patrick came to me years ago and was like, I think I'm going to get into this. Like, oh, this is like a passion of mine. Like, I just really feel strongly about this. It'd be awesome. Well, that means Patrick had to do something. He had to make changes. He had to do things daily. Yeah. That'd be like me. I'm just going to, God told me, and I've decided I'm going to learn to play the guitar. 
And but once a month for 30 minutes, I'm going to sit down and practice that guitar. Some of you have done that with the Lord over and over and over and over again. You're like, I just don't know why I still struggle with the same things. I don't know why I'm still the same person. I don't know why I haven't broken this addiction. God, spiritually, you starve yourself and you, de- you become so codependent on other people to feed you. Yeah. Or you become dependent on, on, on someone texting you or someone being in a, in a group chat with you or someone being, doing a Bible reading plan with you. And those things aren't bad. I'm not saying don't, I don't want you to stop doing those things, but hear me. You have got to come to a place where spiritually you are feeding yourself with the word of God alone, by yourself, not with me, not with a leader, not with mom and dad, not with, not, not with anybody, because there will come a day, young Christian, hear me, there will come a day where it will be just you and God. I promise those days will happen. No one else will be around. No one else will be accessible and it will be you and the Lord. In those moments, you will find out how much you really know about God. You will find out how much you really know about his truth. You'll find out how much you really know about his character. Most people find this out when they graduate and they go to college. Others, it's later whenever the college doesn't work out and they have to get a job. Some, it's when they start dating or they get a girl pregnant or they get married or something else happens. There's always going to be a moment where you will be tested. You will be tested what you really believe about the Lord. What you really believe and what you actually know about God is not found on how you feel being in here in a service. It is tested and it is revealed to you whenever you and God are by yourself. This is exactly what happened to Jesus in the desert. No one else was around. That's why Satan was able to tempt him with things that only he could do, like call angels and turn rocks into bread. Seems there's one of her skills. She's hungry. Um, who's got a physical Bible with you? Anyone have a physical Bible with you? That's under the age of 18. No, I don't want one. I just want to know. With you right now. No one in this room under the age of 18 has a physical Bible with you. Yeah, it's a journal. Ah, it's a journal. Half point, Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm going to divide you up into houses. Actually, we're already divided up into houses. You're in small groups. Half point, pursuit. We'll do a house cup at the end of the year. <laughs> New ministry idea. We'll do house points from now on in service. Right. No, we are Slytherin. Pursuit is Slytherin dibs. Anyway, anyway, we're rabbit trailing. What's wrong with Slytherin? Hey, Bianca, 20 point Slytherin. <laughs> All right. I have no idea where I'm at. Physical Bible. Can I see your Bible? Thank you. Thank you. Whose name is in here? No one's name is in here. Listen. All right, let me get you back. I know everyone's excited about your house cup really just a color wars cup your bible your bible has got to become so much more than just a prop in 2023 this is becoming a prop this is becoming like just one of those things that we have because raise your hand if you have the app on your phone right now Ooh. good job 
But that's exactly kind of what it's becoming. It's becoming something on your phone that is accessible just like everything else. And my fear, and hear me, I have the Bible app. I'm not bashing the Bible app. Please don't delete your Bible app. But I want to talk about the Bible app for a minute. Okay? Some of us are becoming, uh, we, by the Bible is no different than something like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever else you use. And if we're honest, it's probably used way less than the other ones, right? But because we have become so reliant and dependent upon an app on our phones, which is what most of the time we use, we don't carry, as you have proven, we don't carry these around anymore. It has become something that um, the con- the co- it's, it's being killed by convenience, if that makes sense. And we're fed things like, I'm not bashing the Bible app. It's the last time I'm going to say it, but I'm going to pick on it for a minute. It is just, I got the, it, it is watered down. I got the verse of the day. I just had to hit the button. I read the thing on the screen. I have a youth leader I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, I'm in a Bible plan with, and I get on and I read it. It tells me exactly what I need to know. It gives me the scripture and tells me what to believe about the scripture, and that's it. To a degree, that is still being fed. I'm not bashing Bible plans or devotions. But guys, you have got to be able to read this, digest this with nobody else. The Bible plan generation is, is failing because you're still not figuring out what this really means. You're still being told by someone else what the scriptures mean, yeah. right? This has got to become something where you and God and his word can get alone with, and that be it. And if you have questions or you have problems and you're like, I know some of you are like, God, I don't even know what those words mean. I don't even know the names. I don't know where to start. I don't know what the Old Testament is. I don't understand it at all. That's, that's perfectly okay. That is perfectly fine. That is fine getting help with. You need somewhere to start, come ask. You don't know what a word means, look it up. Y'all have, <laughs> it, it always amazes me. No generation has had more easy access to information ever in history, but it's like, oh, I don't know what that word means. Done. Like, it drives me nuts. Like, I read the Bible, but then I get really confused because I get a word I don't read, so I quit. Like, come on. Y'all are in college classes by the time you're 12, but y'all get the lamentations. It's like, well, I just didn't understand it. God's not a God of confusion. So I put it down. Come on. Yeah, yeah, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I so desperately need you guys to know that it is okay to fail with this thing. It is okay. Like, there are things about this that I probably preached and believed at 20 years old that 30-year-old Garrett would be like, you're dumb. And that's perfectly fine. Y'all ever seen... I'm going to give this back. There's gum on the back of it. Phase on. Yeah, she says phase on now. Y'all, y'all, y'all have probably watched different movies before, and it's like whenever the hero or whoever is like learning to become the hero, and they go through like this weird like cut scenes of like different like Batman. You ever seen Batman Begins? And Batman's training, and like he like starts off, and then like it's him in like a canyon, or like a Captain America does this. All these different movies, they have like this. They fast forward through this person becoming a, basically being just a normal dude like Batman, who's not even a superhero, the vigilante. <laughs> No, he doesn't have superpowers. 
He has super money. He has super money. Anyway, irrelevant. We take someone like Batman and we go through all these little cutscenes and all this other stuff, and then one day it's like, boom, oh, now he's Batman. And we want this so desperately to be how the faith works, where it's like, hey, you've been in youth for a couple years, and now you know everything. Because you've, you've had your quick cut scene of like you punching like the bag in this meat locker. And, it, and, and again, you guys are being set up for failure so much. And hear me, my heart like breaks for you guys because you are not set up to succeed anymore. Statistically, you, are the, you guys right now are the most biblically illiterate generation to ever live but it's the most accessible thing to ever exist. So what's the correlation here, guys? It's not that the Bible has disappeared. It's not that, the, I mean, you guys all have it on your phone. You have it on, if there's internet, you can have it. There's not a bookstore, Walmart, Target that doesn't sell them. There's not a church that wouldn't give you one, at least I hope. So the difference, guys, is not about like availability. The more available, it's, it's crazy to me that the more available God's word has become, the less interested people have been in it. And the, the greater we've gone about being, being preachers and TikTok preachers and Instagram and, and the Bible app and all these other things, that the understanding, now hear me, you're the most biblically illiterate generation. Meaning you don't understand it. You don't understand it because you only believe what you're being told. Hear me. You, you have the Christian responsibility to check everything to God's word. Everything I say, everything you hear and there, everything should be checked against God's word. This hap, Paul does this. Paul and comes to these people, they're called the Bereans, and he basically brings the gospel and says, hey, Jesus has come, this is all has happened, the, the prophecies have been fulfilled, and, they, and they're the only people in all of scripture that do this. They say, wait, wait, before we respond to what you've said, we're going to go check the scriptures. And they go to Isaiah and they go to Jeremiah and they check all the little details. Where was he born? Was he born, born a virgin? When did he die? How long was he dead? Where, what tribe did he come from? Where's, what's his lineage? Do you have, do, can you show us all the names? Can you show, they're the only people that do that. They don't take it at face value and they take it to God's word. And Paul comes in he says, no one else has ever done this. And we still use this phrase today about being a good Berean. Take everything to God's word. This is why your generation is struggling so much. We don't take anything to God's word. I could get up. I could get up. I've been very tempted to do this before. I've been very tempted to preach messages, a message completely counter to Christianity, completely counter to Scripture, but preach it so passionately and so joyfully and jokey and all this other stuff and then at the end of it just completely ruin your day i've always been tempted i've not done it before but i'm giving you a warning that day might come <laughs> the f yeah follow your heart you ever hear me say follow your heart something's wrong with me because i hate that phrase right okay hold on i'm almost done One more quick little blurb. I got to finish the scripture. Go back to Hebrews 5. It says, but solid food is for the mature. 
for those who have their powers of discernment trained, is that training like Batman, who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. Solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. The writer of Hebrews is telling us this. Maturity is marked by those with good discernment. So you want to know if you're a good, you're a mature Christian? Your discernment is one of the biggest indicators. Now, there are several others. So please don't. I'm not saying it's the only one. But there are several others. This is why youth ministry, you know, like genuinely, you know why youth ministry is so important? Because this age group is so bad at making decisions. And just being honest. I've done, I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't mean that mean to you. I'm just telling you this is why this is so important. This is why we have youth leaders. Typically, especially guys, your brains aren't even fully formed for like a long time. Y'all are awful decision makers. And so good, mature Christians are able to discern between what is good and evil. And right now, this is like one of the most common questions I always get. is like, well, is this bad? Is, is smoking weed bad? Is this, how far, if I did this with this person, is this bad? If, how far can I go with my girlfriend and before it's bad? When does sin come into play? And, and, and it only shows our immaturity. Because generally what is happening high praise, what's happening whenever we do that. We're basically saying, hey, I don't know God well enough, so I need to rely on your knowledge of the Lord. And most of the time we're like, I just don't know the scripture. Really, it's we just don't know the character of God, because ultimately sin is about missing God. It's not about disobeying the scripture. It's about not hitting the mark that is the Lord. One of the easiest ways to know the Lord is the scripture. But you get what I'm saying? And so if we cannot discern between what is good and what is evil, it's simply because we do not know the Father that well. And if we are Christians that don't know the Father that well, that'd be like me trying to fly us all on a plane. I'd be like, I've watched a movie. I would, that doesn't make me a pilot, right? I mean, watching movies about planes doesn't make me a pilot. You attending and being around people who know the Lord doesn't mean you know the Lord. being able to discern (coughs) what is good and evil. If you guys cannot hone in on this ability to figure out what is good and what's evil, because really, I know like, I know it sounds like figuring out the dark side and the light side and stuff like that. That's not really what I'm talking about. But your ability to discern what is good and what is evil is going to change the entire course of your life. I love the, what the writer says. Um, basically, how I feel right now is like, most of the time, your generation gets really caught on the emotional things of the Lord. We're really drawn to conferences and worship nights and like things that are going to be like big or emotional or things like that. And that like really, really attracts your generation. It's crazy. We're biblically illiterate, but man, we can sell out conferences. And the, the, every church in America is rushing to put on conferences because they know they'll sell out. There's a million different Christian bands putting on albums because we know the music works. There's more churches, there's more mega churches than there's ever been. Why? But why is all of that true, but we're the most biblically illiterate? Yeah. Why are the conferences full, but we're the most biblically illiterate? Yeah. 
Why are the churches the biggest they've ever been? The buildings are the biggest they've ever been, but we're the most biblically illiterate. We are being pacified and satisfied by milk. Because as long as someone else is singing the song, as long as someone else is giving the word, someone else is teaching us, the Bible apps keep giving us the verse of the day, we got someone else above us making us read a Bible plan that then tells us what that scripture meant, we don't have to digest it ourselves. That's why. That, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the, Lord, the Lord's will for the church. Nor do I think that's a sustainable pattern for the church. Nor, and, and hear me, it's, your, it's up to your generation to change that. My generation is kind of already, my generation has chosen that, to be honest. The millennial generation, we, anyway. <coughs> you guys have got to make changes. And I'm not saying that you guys need to like, I'm not putting pressure on you to start a revival. Really, I hate the word revival. You know what revival to me really is? It would not be if we worshipped in this, in this room for 72 hours straight and no one peed or went to the bathroom or ate. And we cried and we wept in this room for 72 hours. That to me would not be a revival. Revival to me is, it would, be, would be this trend changing. That would be revival. You, you guys becoming the most, biblically, the most biblically literate generation, that would be revival. Not the most Spotify downloads, the biggest conferences, not the send happening and Maverick putting out eight albums a year. That's not revival. Those aren't things are not bad, but we are becoming so stinking satisfied by a pacifier. Like if I, if I, if I were your enemy, I'm fine with all that happening because none of it is solid food. None of it's solid food. It's all fluff. It's all stuff. It's, it's, it's baby food. And I've made baby food. It's, it's bottle-fed Christianity. You need someone else to lead you in the spirit? You want to listen to this song, make you feel good? Fine, we'll give you a bottle. You'll come to this conference and feel rejuvenated for a little bit. Someone else is going to tell you? That's fine. Come to church, you know, twice a month, three times a month. Someone else is going to feed you. You're going to feel fine about yourself. There's no maturity anymore. And I know because my generation, 80% of us are still wearing diapers and being bottle-fed. It drives me nuts. And now we're the pastors and the prophets and the evangels and the, and the missionaries. And that's a different conversation. We'll talk about it at YA. <laughs> but your generation, if I have any mark on your generation, it is not, I hope that it's not because we stirred up and had great youth services and things like Color Wars were fun. It's because hopefully somewhere a segment of young people in your generation had a revelation and got a hold of God's word and moved from milk to solid food and became, and became people of discernment who could discern what is good and what is evil. And not because they're so accustomed to what is evil, but because they, they, they genuinely know what good is. And the closer you get to good, the closer you get to God, everything else starts to seem much, much worse. A lot of people think like the longer you get in Christian, oh, they just become holy. And some of you, I think, have probably even generally, you've probably already experienced it in your own life. Like, friends are like, oh, they think they're this, they think they're that. They're holy now, they're church people now, blah, 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 blah. It's simply this, guys. The closer you grow to Jesus and the more you become like him, you become less interested in other things. You should become less interested in other things. You should want to, you, you should be like, I don't want to talk like that anymore. 
that would offend him, and that's, what I, that's where I'm going. And if you struggle with knowing God, like I hear this all the time, like I just don't feel close to God. Guys, quit neglecting his word. If, if closeness to God is simply here or in worship or in a church or got to run to a conference or a worship night somewhere else because you feel like you got to get close to God, you are setting yourself up to be a baby bottle-fed diaper-wearing Christian the rest of your life. Yeah. That's why 30, 25 and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds are still doing it. Mm-hmm. That's why my generation is like, consumed with going from place to place to place to grab an emotional high, to hear the next preacher, to get the next... We're all about the quick fix. We're all about the fast food. I used to say this all the time, like our our Bibles are not meant to be fast food and they're not meant to be buffets. But that's all they've become. They become a drive-through, quick, verse of the day, bam, got it, checklist, done, close to God now. Or it's buffet, and I want this, this, and this. I'm going to completely ignore the rest. Mm-hmm. Hear me, Scripture interprets Scripture. Yeah. You don't get to pick. Yeah. This was like all in my notes, but I'm just kind of like really wrapping it up. So you, you can't understand one part of Scripture and ignore the rest because the rest of it interprets what you've already read. This is why you will hear people often say, like, I've read this verse so many times, but now I've read it five years later and it means something else more to me. It's not because the words have changed. It's because they have a different understanding of something else that happened in Scripture that illuminates something that that verse actually meant that went deeper. This is why you will never come to a place where, like, I just have a full understanding of God's word now and I can quit. It won't happen. Because the more you go, the more it'll all piece together and fall into place for you, and the closer you will grow to God. This is why we don't checklist scriptures and cherry pick scriptures and Philippians 4:13 and things like that. It means so much more than you will ever understand. But you've got to get a piece of all of it. God's word has got to become it has got to become everything to you. And if it's intimidating to you, it can change. You don't understand it, it can change. You, don't, you can't pronunciate it, it can change. You don't know where to start, that can change. There's not an excuse. There's not a reason for it anymore. And I know this is probably not a super encouraging message, and you're all like, well, I'm just an awful Christian now, but hear me, I, this message is not about me, it's not about your youth leaders, it's simply about you. Can you pass from milk to solid food? Will you? Can I hear can, can's the wrong word? Will you? Will you pass? And hear me, I know the temptation of like, I just, I need to start a Bible plan. I need to do this. I need to get a devotion. You don't need anything other than your Bible. Yeah. It needs to be you and your Bible. Because ultimately, if you're intimidated by your prayer closet, you're intimidated by one, on, one time with God, this isn't going to last for you. Move from milk to solid food. Become a person of discernment. Being able to tell what is good and what is evil. Y'all stand with me. I'm going to pray with you. And I'll let y'all get out of here. I know mom and dads are probably ready. It's cold. Everyone wants to watch the game. I understand. We'll get there. All right, everyone bow your heads. Close your eyes. Father, we come before you tonight grateful and thankful for everything that you've done in our life. Everything that you are continuing to do. Lord, I know that this message might not have been uh, the most emotionally uplifting. It might not even have been uh, the most entertaining. But Lord, I pray that you would start something here in every single heart. Father, that we would be able to become, uh, that we would not be dependent on other people to have a relationship with you. 
Father, that we would not accept being bottle-fed, milk-fed. We would move from milk to solid food, becoming people of discernment, being able to tell the difference between what is good and what is evil. We love you, Jesus. We worship you in this house, Father. It is time for us to no longer be children. It is, it is time for those in this room here tonight to take that next step, to take on a, a, a new level of maturity in our faith, to put the excuses away, to get rid of all the things that we have let get in our way and let uh, convince us that, this, that we can't take that next step. Father, put a passion and a hunger in every single one of us for your word, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. And everybody said, amen. We love you guys. Thank you for downloading today's message. Again, we hope that it encouraged you, blessed you, and edified you. If you are a high school, middle school, or even a, a young adult in the Panama City area, we would love to have you come be a part of our services at High Praise Panama City. Our YTH services are every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. The mix, our pre-service time, starts at 5 o'clock. We would love to have you out. If not, find a way to connect with us on Instagram at hp.yth. We would love to connect with you in some way, and God bless.